Welcome to the Illini Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper live at State Farm Center as Illinois basketball can win games. Yes, they got it in them as they beat number 14 Wisconsin 79-69, which ends a tumultuous week for this team that includes another bad loss uh, at Northwestern. Listen, Northwestern's over 500, but that's a team Illinois needs to beat on the road. Uh, and then, of course, Sky Clark leaving the program. Uh, and even Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon discussed the outside noise about how this team's breaking, how it's falling apart. And, and it's hard not to buy into that a little bit, uh, given the last month. But Derek, today in a nice win, we'll talk about good offense. Terrence Shannon with 25, Coleman Hawkins with 20. They look like NBA draft prospects. Uh, Matthew Meyer playing his role and seeing these pieces kind of come together. Uh, what's your big takeaway from from a team that uh, comes back from the precipice and, and shows what they're capable of. Yeah, it was a gut check, check your pulse kind of game for this team to see what they were made of and to see if they could finally overcome adversity and, and get out of this negative momentum that had really been building for a month where you look at the previous three high major games and, and lost all by double digits. Now you come back home, sold out crowd, catch a break with Tyler Wall not playing for Wisconsin. I think Illinois played well enough offensively that you could sit there and say Illinois still could have beaten Wisconsin with Wall there on the floor, but obviously a different dynamic when the leading scorer and the best player for the Badgers was out. But Illinois took advantage. Uh, they obviously have been battling through their own adversity where Sky all of a sudden is gone and uh, they have to be able to, to come back home and right the ship. So uh, – Offensively, you said it, just completely night and day difference between what we've been seeing here recently in the half court with the ball movement, with the crisp flow. And it was a team that I think even late in possessions, because the big thing for Illinois is that when the first read hasn't been there, there's just almost been a level of panic or an almost a level of, well, I guess I got to put up a shot now. I guess I got to get mine. I guess I got to check a three. They were able to execute late in the shot clock, be able to keep the ball movement, keep trying to work for a good look. And Obviously, when Coleman and Terrence, guys that have been fighting it for a little bit to get back to what we'd seen earlier in the season, step up like they did, uh, that's very, very encouraging. And across the board, you just got guys that contribute to it, and we'll go through all the different individual uh, guys that, that stepped up. But just a very well-rounded uh, offensive execution, and, and this team played with more consistent effort and, and, and grit too, I think. Yeah, and Brad Underwood just talked about consistent effort, uh, some of those things, and just running offense. We'll get into the offense here in a little bit, Derek, but just to take people behind the scenes, like we have to discuss what do we write about if this happens, what do we write about if this happens, and one of the things we would have wrote about if they would have lost today, especially with Tyler Wall out, like that's a game Illinois needs to win, and hey, Vegas knows. We're all looking at that six-and-a-half, seven-point spread thinking, what, um, given what everything has happened but Illinois was more talented. That's why this last month has been so frustrating is, is they've lost to, to less talented teams. We've seen them be good uh, against UCLA, against Texas, against Virginia, against Syracuse, and then to have the performances they've had. Um, but this was, this was a game where it's like, hey, is this roster going to come together? Is the roster Brad Underwood built in the offseason that understandably on paper got us all so excited about what they could be? Did he err? And going with some of the guys that he went with, but today is a reminder that Brad can coach a little bit. Maybe he can lead a little bit. Uh, and he got the players at least for one game. We'll see if they can build on it to to run what they do and, and to be what Illinois basketball has been and to take advantage of their talent advantage over Wisconsin because they they couldn't handle 
Coleman Hawkins. They couldn't handle uh, Terrence Shannon today. And at points, like, Dane Danger felt like they couldn't handle, but Dane just didn't have the, the cleanest game. So uh, that, that was that was nice to see because we've seen it before. Right, absolutely. Well, Wisconsin, they haven't been hurting here in recent years with the way they finished in the Big Ten standings. But Illinois now five straight over the Badgers after previous to that had lost 15 in a row. And I know that the storyline going into the game, and Brad was asked about it, and even after the game as well, like, why is Illinois all of a sudden having the success against Wisconsin? And it is because they're just over overwhelming them with talent and athleticism here recently. And we, we saw it with Io where, where when Brad Davison and, and Demetri Trice as their guards there in that backcourt and Io was just too big, too, too strong, too quick. Though I feel like I'm starting to sound like Stacey King here uh, doing the Derrick Rose, but uh, he was a problem for them, was able to get downhill. Kofi obviously overwhelming them inside last year. And then today, Terrence Shannon Jr. with the ability to get downhill. They just didn't have an answer for him early. And Coleman's a guy that is obviously very talented on NBA draft boards for a reason. Uh, Matt is is a good athlete and, and able to move around like that. And, yeah, Illinois started to show once again the signs of what we saw earlier in the season, that they can be a high-ceiling type of team. And they got closer to that today. Consistency is the big thing. You almost worry more. I know it's easy to say in hindsight. Almost worry more about a game like Nebraska, where the natural feeling is to go sleepy-eyed into that one, versus a a home game sold out against the top fifteen team for this this squad. But uh, we'll see if it, if if it can be a true turning point. Again, we, we mentioned it after Bragg and Rights, where that's been the trend for Brad Underwood, where you, you take some lumps early, you know, a handful of times you have a really disappointing result in that Bragg and Rights game, and then at some point. They just go on a nice streak. And I think the schedule even sets up to potentially do that when you go next two road games, Nebraska, Minnesota, and you're playing your toughest games here at home. So uh, it's one game, but it's one that has to feel really darn good for this team. And once again, remind them if it ever was a doubt of, of what they're capable of doing. Yeah, Wisconsin not very high in the Kempom. I think they're 50-something right now, um, late 40s. But Illinois is now 3-2 and two against ranked opponents this year. Um, so I think they do show up for those games and show what they're capable of. It's it's taking care of the other stuff, um, at least a little bit more consistently. Let's get to the offense, Derek, because that was a huge part of this. I mean, offense has been so ugly for this team. Clearly it was different. They were running stuff. They were running stuff deeper into the clock. They were taking less big shots. Uh, here's what Brad Underwood had to say after the game about the offense. Today, offensively, we trusted and we believed. And – uh, and what I mean by that is we, we trusted that the offense was going to help us get opportunities and get shots. And uh, the ball had some, what we call it, having, having energy. It, uh, it moved. Uh, and then you combine that with our effort. And it allowed for us to score 80 points against one of the best defensive teams, not only in the Big Ten, but, but, but in the country. So, um, you know, obviously, I thought Terrence was outstanding on the offensive side. He got going early. Uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm so proud of Coleman. Um, and, you know, I, I say it all the time, he's an elite, elite shooter. Uh, he's one of the best shooters that, you know, I'm not going to put him in plumber's area yet, but he's an elite shooter. That's that's why our, we, we, we've, we feel great about what, him shooting the basketball. Yeah, Derek, 10 of 19 from three. Everything looks better when you make shots. And Coleman Hawkins goes six of nine from three today. Meyer, one of two from three. Terrence Shannon, one of two from three. Jade Neps, two of three from three. Um, but noticeably, they only shot 19 
as opposed to closer to 30. Uh, Terrence Shannon was aggressive. Coleman Hawkins was confident. Uh, what do you? What did you see? What changed about this Illinois offense to get such a stark difference in efficiency? I think it started with Terrence getting downhill early and really able to put pressure on the rim, and then also just in general playing inside out. Like they were able to get Dane more post touches. He did a good job a couple times of kicking it back out, and and just the the philosophy of having this continued action and ball movement and, and being able to get downhill and kick. And the ball just had more of a of a rhythm and a flow to it, and guys were just more on the same page and and everything. So as that that played out, you, you get guys taking rhythm shots, and, and there were some good open ones that they were able to bury today. And like they had some open looks, especially early in that Northwestern game, didn't go down, and then uh, they played themselves into a funk as as that thing progressed. But just for Coleman, because he is so important to this team to have the composure and the confidence that we just haven't seen for weeks now. And it started, it really reappeared in this game to where he was able to settle down. He wasn't playing a hundred miles an hour. He wasn't doing as many ball fakes and, and shot fakes. And as, after, you know, he had a right hook in the lane and then hits a three and all of a sudden it, it was the Coleman Hawkins that we saw earlier in the year where the ball gets to him and he's got space and it's just going up without hesitation. And, he really got going. And this is a guy that hit five threes in the entire month of December and then hit, popped up and made six today. So uh, that was great out of him. Uh, I thought Epps did some good things getting into the lane. And, and he's a guy that I know he made some mistakes late as a freshman. Got to have some guys who are, who are that young and, and playing in the Big Ten for the first time, learn how to close out ball games. But uh, it's great to have those teaching moments in a win like that. So uh, I, I just think that they, they, they look like a team that was more on the same page. And I, I think also I think back to – I think Mike Latulip made a really good point in his breakdown of where you were running your offense. Like he, he brought up how against Northwestern, Illinois was running offense 26, 27 feet away from the basket. And when they did get threes, it was just kind of one pass or two passes around the perimeter without any movement as far as forward momentum. And today it was actually, let's get into the teeth of that defense, work the ball back out, and, and then you're getting threes and more of a rhythm and, and, and more in sync. Has a bit of toughness with the ball, right? Like, hey, I'm going to get to my spot and you have to guard me, or I'm going to stop here as opposed to just getting out uh, to the 26 foot line. Uh, another guy I got a shout out today, Matthew Meyer. I thought he had a really composed game, ended up with 10 points, got to the free throw line because he did attack, but he only took five shots, Derek. Um, and, and usually you want Matthew Meyer shooting a little bit more than that. But I thought it was just a great performance, team performance from Matthew Meyer. He didn't go rogue like you see on certain possessions. I think when he does that, some of his teammates start to do that. Like, I got to go get mine. Matthew Meyer is capable of doing that. I, I like having that in his bag when you're struggling offensively like you were against Texas, and you go, Matt, go do something. You know, Terrence has got to do that sometimes as well. Terrence had a pull-up from 25 feet today off a ball screen. But he was feeling it. He was feeling good. I'm okay with that as Illinois trying to put that game away. It's okay for Meyer to do that every once in a while. But I thought today he was really composed, didn't force anything, made a great three in transition. He had three assists, but he just moved the ball. And then defensively, he had some mistakes, especially early. But I thought he was a little bit more locked in today on that end, a little more effort on that end. Uh, and he gave good effort on the glass. So if you get that Matthew Meyer, like – that doesn't have to be the, the number one option offensively. It gets other teammates involved. I think that's just kind of infectious for the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. The energy was definitely there. I know that he did have some lapses there in the first half, 
with breakdowns and gambling a little bit too much uh, that led to some open open shots for Wisconsin. But his defense in the second half was much better. And just kind of the well-rounded box score of 10 points, six rebounds, three assists, two block shots. Like, that's just doing a little bit of everything. And like you mentioned with the transition three that he ultimately made, it, it was one that he had the space to do so. It w- didn't look like a forced shot. It was kind of a Illinois – the momentum, momentum in the building was starting to, to – amplify and, and it was a shot that he felt comfortable taking and, and kind of similar to Coleman where sometimes they try to do it off the bounce and they try to get a little too fancy with it. It was just a catch and shoot. It was a, it was a catch and shoot turn and shoot, get it up there versus, you know, let me try to handle it and step back and fall away and that whole thing. So, uh, and like you said, I mean, he, he is a talented offensive player and you don't have a problem with him picking and choosing his spots to take a few of those, but just the downhill nature of his game, too. The ability to to get to the rim. He drew five fouls. He shot six free throws, went five for six. That was just a nice compliment for for Brad, where he's been saying, I mean, we got to get into the paint. We need guys that are not settling for Jays. And uh, Matt, to to be able to do that was was really good. And, and I'll just – I'll say it. I mean, I didn't know if Matt was going to play in this game. Like he heard, I heard yesterday that he had a, an injury or there was a scare in practice with the foot. And – it looked like he was he was bothered by that at all, so um, that was good news. Yeah, and let's be honest. Sometimes you wonder, man, well, how would this team play without Matthew Meyer? Because sometimes uh, he can play some selfish basketball, right? Like both offensively and defensively. So I, I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to see the team without him. He was great today. I, I think that was one of Matthew Meyer's most valuable performances outside of Texas, just because he played within the team, uh, and I thought that's exactly what they needed. Uh, out of him. Derek, let's get to some freshmen today. Jaden Epps didn't start. I know that perturbed some people, but played 29, 30 minutes in this game, which was, you know, top four on the team. Uh, and he had the ball in his hands a lot. And he needs to have the ball in his hands a lot because he's one of the few guys on this team that can consistently penetrate a defense. Not the best playmaker. He had uh, four, two assists tonight to four turnovers. He's going to have to continue to get better at that. But uh, what did you think of Jaden Epps with 15 points on eight shot attempts, three, uh, two of three from three? What would you think of the start of the Jaden Epps major league guard for Illinois era? For the most part, I really liked it. I think it was a guy that obviously has a ton of confidence in his ability to score it and being able to hit some of those kickout threes on the perimeter. And he's just a, he's a bucket. We talked about that. And uh, I like that he's getting in the lane, and, and he even had a, a really tough finish over Stephen Crowley. He's just a really good finisher in traffic. That was something I saw a lot out of him on the AAU circuit, and, and we've seen that now when he just he's getting to the lane. He's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid to to drive it, and he's not deterred from you know just being a little complacent or a little uh, you know worried about the the outlook when he gets there in that in that lane. So they need that. They need a point guard that's going to break things down, that's going to open things up for some other guys. I do think today, and maybe it was just kind of the pressure of stepping into a bigger role, He and it was a really sound defense, top 20 defensive efficiency in Wisconsin. There were times where he was maybe a little wide-eyed with trying to make some of the decisions, because now there is more on his plate as far as the passing and, and facilitating. And four turnovers, he's going to have to improve out of that. But uh, I think all in all, you look at this as a pretty good – step forward as someone who played in their first Big Ten win and uh, against uh, Chucky Hepburn, who's, a, who's an, a guy that's a good point guard in the league and a, and a good defense in Wisconsin. So I liked it on, on the most part, and I think he's just going to continue to build. Yeah, and, and along with Jaden Epps, and I'll give Sincere Harris some, some credit for this, 
I mean, midway through the second quarter, a couple minutes into the second uh, second half, excuse me, Chucky Hepburn was two of eight with four points. He ended with 22, hit a couple big threes late, not big, but uh, hit some tough threes late in that one. I thought they did a really good job on him because he's their most dynamic player offensively. You know, Stephen Crowell is a tough matchup, just a typical Wisconsin big man, 20 points, 12 rebounds. He was uh, pretty dang good today for them, but um, – I thought they did a really good job on Chucky Hepburn and for Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris to draw that. You know, Epps got out strength a couple of times by an older guy. I think that's going to happen with Jaden, but I thought he battled, man. Uh, and, you know, for, for a guy in Chucky Hepburn, who's kind of the sophomore star now, you know, Jaden Epps is laying a foundation here where he's kind of having – he's a different player than Hepburn, but you can see a similar kind of career arc for him. Uh, but Illinois is certainly relying on him a lot now with Scott Clark out. Yeah, absolutely. And for Wisconsin, with Wall out, they needed Hepburn to just dominate that point guard matchup. And while he got his with, with 22, seven assists, I mean, for Epps on the other side, to have 15. And obviously, Coleman steps up and, and does the things that he does and, and Terrence. But uh, it really wasn't until, I don't know, it was late first half, might have been second half, when Chucky finally kind of realized that he could body up Jaden a little bit and, and take him down in that lane and I, obviously, Illinois is trying to decide for a team that shoots the three really well. Can we can we go help? And uh, Jaden got an and one get you know gave up an and one on, on Chucky, and then that Brad decided to sub in Sincere, who got in Chucky's personal space. I mean, that dude is just relentless. That that guy is a momentum waiting to happen, momentum turn waiting to happen because of just the, how tough he is. Uh, how he's able to just get in your grill and swat the ball. And, and yeah, he's, he's going to foul at times because he's over-aggressive. But uh, I, I liked Sincere's game and was able to to make things hard. I mean, that was that was kind of the big thing, make things hard for Hepburn today. Uh, yeah, Crowell did score inside. He's got nice size, nice touch, and he's been playing really well for them. Yeah. But uh, that was that was good to see. All in all, big, you know, kind of grand scheme of the entire game, Epson Sincere did a good job. Yeah, and uh, Sincere Harris, man, he's a show. Uh, he's pumping up the crowd, banging his chest. Um, man, I know the Trent Frazier comparisons all the time, but uh, he, he reminds me of these Illinois defensive backs. <laughs> like, go across the street and play for, for Aaron Henry and Brett Bielma. I, I can see it happening, man. He's got that kind of tenacity and that kind of length that just bothers people. Ty Rogers, best game in a while, man. Uh, not, not a huge stat night, three rebounds, two points. Had a nice couple moves. You, you Saw a couple flashes, Derek, of why we liked him so much as a prospect. Um, And he's going to get tick, right? Like now a sky out. There's a spot that opens in the rotation. Sincere has kind of taken the role we thought Ty would be this year. But his size, um, his tenacity of going to the glass, and his ability to handle. um, He can get to the rim. It's just if you can finish a couple more of them, uh, he can be a nice piece. And, And Brad Underwood said today, He's going to be really important for us, and I agree. Um, so it'd be interesting to see can Ty Rogers gain some confidence with just some consistent, elongated playing time moving forward. Yeah, I definitely think he passed the eye test today. Even like you said, some of the moves he was making around the basket—it just had everything but the finish. And, and one, one or two were just kind of a rim out kind of tough roll where it just didn't go down. But the, the spin moves in the in traffic, and uh, I think that as a guy that just speed of the game just dials down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more as that progresses. It's going to, it's going to click for him. So, uh, and then is he ultimately going to be a, a high scorer? Is he going to be someone you're going to rely on for a handful of buckets tonight? Probably not. And there are going to be teams like we saw one time going to leave you just wide open from the corner. I know Brad said he liked Ty taking that shot. 
I'm not so I'm not so sure. I mean, we'll see if that progresses going forward. I know he's just trying to instill confidence in him, and I have to say he can't he can't make it, but uh, that is going to be a challenge. But uh, I think that someone that, like you mentioned, also is just the the effort level, the motor, the getting on the glass. I think that he can be in the teeth of the defense a really good passer. A guy's going to dump it off to, to Dane or, or be able to to kick it back out, and and then defensively, we know that that was the big thing. You kind of hung your hat on and who Ty Rogers is going to be as a freshman. And I'm not, we shouldn't write it off just yet. I mean, we've seen freshmen go through this where yep. they don't make a whole lot of impact. And then all of a sudden it just kind of clicks for them. And this was a step in the right direction. He, he looked like a guy that belonged out there and, and definitely earned his minutes today. Well, one guy I always think of with that, when I say never write off freshman, like Malcolm Hill looked lost his, his first like three months uh, as an Alana. And slowly he did some things, got some confidence, and it's amazing what these guys can do uh, once you get a little confidence. Uh, I do want to shout out, he's not a freshman. Uh, RJ Melendez, 0 for 3 from 3. He is struggling as a shooter right now. Uh, the shoulder seems structurally fine. I thought they looked better today coming off uh, his hand, but it's one of his last 17. But he did the little things, Derek. Uh, he, he rebounded six rebounds today. They really closed out well on shooters. Wisconsin was eight for 29. At one point, they were four of 20. Um, and I didn't know what, who a Carter Gilmore was coming into the game or Max Smith. But, hey, um, they looked like they grew on trees there in Wisconsin. But they, they weren't any really kind of big factor. Um, you know, Smith had a good first half. But um, I thought RJ Melendez did the little things. And I think eventually – that shot will start falling. We know he can shoot. Uh, so I just want to shout out RJ Melendez. I thought he'd give really give effort today. Yeah, it's kind of rechanneling and remembering what got him on the court late last season and why Brad felt confident in playing with him because he was just great effort on the glass, just being able to to make some effort plays and, and do some some little things. And I know that he's got the ability to be a, a very good shooter. It's just eluding him right now and you you have to think about how much the shoulders involved I, I think we've seen enough from him it's definitely a factor and can you just get him back in rhythm is he gonna is he pressing now that he, he's seen so many not go in but uh, if he's able to use be able to get over that and be able to still not let that affect his defense his rebounding he, he'll still get out on the court and, and at some point the shots will go down because there will be some open ones for him so uh, that was good to see for a guy that at times just let the shot making kind of dictate what else he does in the game. All right, Derek, let's talk about the big topic yesterday. I didn't, we didn't do an emergency podcast on this because I felt like we needed to learn more about what was actually happening. Uh, but Sky Clark takes a, a leave from the team. Uh, he's going to keep it a little bit more private about what's going on. Brad Underwood and the players both talked about um, supporting him through this. Uh, he's not with the team right now. That's what we know. Whether he will be back with the team, we're not sure. Of course, that seems very doubtful at this point, but that remains to be seen. Illinois said he's still part of the program, um, so we don't know where this goes from here. Terrence did say, like, hey, we heard uh, everyone saying our team was going to break after this, but he said, hey, Sky leaving maybe brought us together a little more. I don't think that was a, a shot at Sky. It was more just the, the circumstances. And I always think when something like this happens, it can either – break a team apart or can make them coalesce and they become closer together because uh, they have to, uh, if they want to have a chance to win. So um, any thoughts on Sky Clark leaving the team, obviously a, a very talented kid that has dealt with injuries here, Derek, um, and, and certainly not coming back to the, the player we thought he would be was struggling really this last month. We've seen 
shades of, of what he can do. He's got a big body. He can make good decisions. At sometimes he can make spot-up threes, uh, but it didn't seem to be going well for him here recently, and, and it seems like something off the court um, has come up with him. So we wish him nothing but the best, and I hope uh, the situation certainly improves. Uh, but how do you think this impacts Illinois? Yeah, like you said, until we learn more details or, or without knowing all the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, it, it's hard to give the exact reasoning and say for sure on certain things. But, yeah, you do wish him the best if he is going through some stuff. And uh, as far as on the court, Sky was was really struggling here of late. It had a really bad showing against Northwestern. Uh, before that, Missouri was was tough for him. He was getting picked on defensively. Uh, the shot had, had started to, to, to get off. I know that early in the year – uh, he was a spot-up shooter, good rebounder, and was able to give the team that. But, yeah, you mentioned a, a guy coming in with a ton of expectations because of the reputation that preceded him pre-injury. He was Kentucky commit, then turned signee, a former five-star, and a guy that has still quite a bit of ability. But, like, he's a great ball handler, can shoot it, and all those things. But uh, I think that some struggles early were kind of expected, at least those around the program. And just if you kind of think about – someone that didn't play a whole lot of basketball their senior year because of the ACL. And uh, you wonder if it, it's just a situation of, of how do you handle that? How do you handle adversity? And, uh, and again, we don't know all the things going on inside, but uh, I think it was becoming more and more clear that Jaden had passed him up on the, on the pecking order of who should be getting more minutes at point guard. And uh, I, I now with, with sky out of the picture, there's, there's no doubt there's a ton on Jaden's plate to be able to, to run offense, to be able to be a scoring factor there. So uh, without Sky, it thins out what it was already your thinnest position depth-wise. But uh, in the median sense, Sky wasn't playing all that well. But that's not to say that, that he couldn't have figured it out. So uh, hope that everything's all right with him or, or does get right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for now Epps to, to really be able to, to shoulder that load. Yeah, and, you know, maybe they're running an offense, Derek, where they can get away with this if they can continue running it well, right, with, with the spread. You still need somebody to get you into the offense and, and be strong with the ball. But, you know, Coleman and Dane at points are, you know, kind of the cogs of this offense that kind of run everything through that pinch post. Uh, and we know Terrence can get downhill in the half court, but teams have been successful taking that away at times with his left hand. Brad Underwood rolled the dice with two freshman point guards, and now one of them is not available to play for you. Right. So you would have, in hindsight, would have liked to have a transfer guard. Like if, if you could have gotten a Courtney Ramey, that certainly would have been a good thing for you right now because he's playing very well uh, for Arizona. So you roll the dice on talent. We'll see how much it bites him here. Uh, this would have been a much different conversation, I think, if they lose today yes. about just the roster because Brad took some risks. You know, um, not every team was all in on, on Matthew Meyer. Not every team, Kentucky included, was all in on Sky Clark. Uh, but Brad Underwood rolling with that talent. But you feel a little bit better about it after today because we've said this before. Brad has made midseason adjustments. Midseason, I guess you said it, kind of what are you made of moments. And they've turned seasons around. So we'll find out if, if this kind of coalesces this team and, and Brad kind of finally broke through to this team. I mean, Brad's not on the hot seat. I mean, that seemed to be – I was reading through the comments of your solo pod after Northwestern, and that was that was something. How, how many How many Big Ten titles? Uh, He's got one tournament, one tournament really two one regular season, season titles, yeah. uh, three most winning winningest uh, Big Ten program in the last three years. 44 and 16 in the Big yeah. Ten the previous three years. Yeah. Wins over UCLA and Texas this year. Listen, I get it. Like, Brad is not above criticism. No, right? no, definitely and, not. And, and if – 
I, I think it's it's worth wondering, you know, in the offseason because you made better moves, but we still got a lot of season to play out. We've yep. seen this team be talented. This team is at an inflection point. I, I think they still are. We still have to see if this is um, all going to work out. And you wonder if Brad makes any kind of adjustments in recruiting and how he wants to put together a team moving forward. But they won against Wisconsin. They got three ranked wins right now. They'd probably be an eight seed, seven seed in the NCAA tournament right now. So let's hold off on, on those big conversations. But uh, he's not above criticism. Um, he wasn't getting through to his team. Maybe he broke through this week. I don't know. Yeah, I think from an emotional standpoint, a buy-in, a, a cohesion, you would hope that this – it's definitely a step in the right direction. It, you hope that it is getting fixed. And it is I – because mean, it's really relied upon the older guys, the vets, to be able to, to steer the ship have it be more player-led than than Brad-led. I know that there was a lot of focus on kind of his demeanor on the sidelines today. He was a little bit more, as he called, stoic. Um, and, and for as just, stoic as Brad Underwood gets. Yeah, exactly. As he, as he can. Um, but, yeah, definitely there's there's stuff on his plate, too. Like, to be able to make the scheme work, where you're, what you tried to do coming into the year just completely flat-out didn't work. So for you to be searching in the middle of December and it linger into January is is on you because what you originally planned for just was just kind of blew up. And whether that that was able to get fixed or not, he decided to pivot. Again, he's he's done that in the past. Or they middle of 2019-20 pivoted from spread, ran ball screen, and the rest is history. They're a top five Big Ten team. Kofi and I were one of the best pick-and-roll duos we, we've seen around here. Saw in the country that season and, and the one after that. But uh, we'll see if this is something they can really build on. I, I still wonder if this team can can have the type of consistency ultimately. I, I think that's something you wonder about. But, uh, yeah, and, and with the roster, it's a, it's a great point because not only with Sky's injury, you knew that coming in. Like, you knew yeah. taking in Sky – that if you had him and Jaden, the, the risk of even just re-injury for, for Sky had to be a factor, and that could have put you out at point guard. Mm-hmm. I know that Brad's talked about, hey, we're going to run stuff through Coleman and, and Shannon and, and have them be able to facilitate. Part of your issues offensively is because you don't have that that point guard facilitator or, or veteran presence in that backcourt. So there was that, and there was also, I mean, let's be honest, Sky had went to four different high schools in four years, and, and there was – the wonder if things didn't go right here or if he didn't live, live up to expectations, if he was going to bounce yet again. So uh, I'm not trying to, to put words in Sky's mouth or, or try to explain things, but th- those risks were in place. If something were to go wrong, then would that, you know, bottom out your season or would that really cap your ceiling? Because we talked about throughout the offseason, one of the biggest and most glaring things was leaning so heavily on a couple of freshman guards and uh, that's played well and they obviously look good today, but, that's still something that's lingering there. Yeah, and if Epps gets a foul trouble, man, right? And I can't, that can happen pretty quickly. Like, you're counting on Sincere Harris, Ty Rogers, uh, to step up in those positions. Derek, I think we're all talking about, okay, great win, really good win. How do you follow it up? I think this game at Nebraska is a maturity game. Ken Palmezzi is a one-point favorite. Wisconsin uh, – or, sorry, uh, Nebraska just won at Minnesota. Minnesota's terrible, but it's a road win uh, for Nebraska. And they've been feisty. They beat Creighton. Right, they beat Iowa, I think, without Chris Murray, but still a nice win for them. Uh, and then they they beat Minnesota today. So that's a team that's above you in the Big Ten standings right now. So I don't think Nebraska's all that great, 
But if Illinois plays like it did against Northwestern or Missouri or Penn State, they can get beat uh, on the road. So for me, you have an opportunity here with Nebraska home game against Michigan State, which isn't easy, but it's a home game. And then at Minnesota, this is the time to stack wins there. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have the advantage of some early, very winnable road games early in January, coupled with even you'd say winnable. I know that Wisconsin's at the top of the league, but I don't think anybody, if you if you polled those on the team or those covering the team, who, who would be the teams in the Big Ten you wouldn't want to see? Wisconsin wouldn't be the first one you'd rattle off. You'd probably say Purdue, Ohio State. I like how they're playing. Uh, even still probably Indiana, but uh, you get Wisconsin at home, you get Michigan State at home after Nebraska. And, and again, it's just kind of about a team that has just been so up and down. We've seen the highs, and, and today was one of them. Can they can they level it out and, and have consistency? Can they just find ways to win, even when offensively maybe it doesn't come as easy? Maybe you don't make as many threes on the road at Nebraska, but can you have the effort be there? Can you have the defense be able to hold up strong enough? So, uh, it's just seeing if this team can get that characteristic of a, a gritty, consistent team and be able to to have that start to domino effect because this team is capable of a surge. It's just they haven't shown the consistency yet, but it's not saying they're not capable because they definitely are. Yeah, let's get to some uh, viewer questions on our live YouTube channel uh, while we're doing this live post game. We plan on doing this for, for every game this season. Uh, as it allows us, we'll take some questions. Uh, Fly the Dub asks, do you think Sky will return or will he transfer? I, I think we both doubt whether he'll come back, and I've seen somebody else, Derek, ask, uh, is he still enrolled in classes? We know he's going home to L.A., I believe, and that he's spending time with his family. Classes aren't going on right now. Listen, I wish we knew more, but they're keeping it private, and that's that's up to them. And, and as a university and as, as a basketball program, like there's privacy laws that, that they're not going to share everything. But if I were an Illinois fan, I would not count on Sky Clark right now, right? No, I wouldn't count on him coming back this year or just really. I mean, let's be honest, the expectation, like you said, would be when someone leaves the team midseason, packs up their stuff, and goes home, they, they usually don't come back. So uh, I, I would – that would be my expectation that he's going to move on, whether he's going to ultimately where he's going to land next uh, is, is not something I know, or the class dynamic for him. I, I'm not sure. I, I know I had someone yesterday who's in the coaching community say that sky's not in the portal. Like right. obviously you got everyone around the country checking that to see, not just for sky. I'm just saying in general, seeing who's in there, but he's not in the portal. Uh, I know that the team has said, and Brad said he's still part of this program. So it's not like he is, is now removed from Illinois, but in terms of like the playing aspect, um, I, I was told that he doesn't, his locker has been cleaned out. Um, he's not expected in any capacity to play again this year or, or probably be back at Illinois. Sean asked, is Hawkins the key to how far this team goes? I don't want to put everything on one player, Derek. So I'm not like, I'm not going to say he's, he's the only thing, but I wrote, I think this team goes as he goes, because when he's good, they're really good. His best games this season are against Wisconsin, Texas, Syracuse, uh, and some of those those other ones. Like they win when he plays really well because he's just a connector of everything offensively, defensively. When he's hitting shots and Terrence Shannon's getting downhill, like there was a moment here in the second half that it was just a beautiful two man game between those two. They're NBA draft prospects, and you need your NBA draft prospects, your best, most talented players, and those two are. 
when they play well, yes, this Illinois team is capable of doing big things. Certainly, yeah. I mean, Coleman, we've seen it at both ends now for long enough to see that defensively can be really, really, really good. And then also at the offensive end, not only can he make shots when he's got it rolling, it's the passes he can make. It's the just the flow that he can kind of play into for your offense because he's skilled, because he can make one pass that then leads to another play. And uh, I think also just the dynamic of he's just such a – the variable of how this can go for Coleman, if it is more on the good side, even if it's overwhelmingly so, that's a big thing for this team. Because if you if it is going to be a roller coaster for Coleman, then I think the team's going to be one. Yeah, I've made this comp before, but DJ Wilson, his junior year, was kind of up and down. But that Michigan team at its peak was awesome. And we saw it towards the end of the season. They win the Big Ten tournament, playing in practice jerseys against Illinois, all that stuff. Like, I, I just think when he's clicking, he's just really hard to defend. And when you have other good pieces around him, uh, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, St. Dominic, this team is so frustrating. They keep showing they can play with anyone and beat anyone in the country and lose to anyone in the country. Maybe not anyone in the country, but good teams, like solid teams. Uh, they, they can't go into a game and expect to win against anybody. Uh, in the Big Ten, I mean, you should expect to win, but you can't just show up and win uh, against any team in the Big Ten. And I'll even throw Minnesota in there, even though I think they're terrible. Like, Illinois, and it's bad, is bad. They're a bad Big Ten team. But when they're good, they're as good as any team in the Big Ten, at least ceiling-wise there. Definitely, yeah. And they're not unique to this. Like, we're seeing some highs and lows out of some teams around the country. And even last year, I know the – there was an Arkansas team that made the Elite Eight that brought in a handful of transfers, and they had their start of the SEC. I think they lost to Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, and, and there was just a, a stretch there where things got pretty rocky for Eric Musselman and that squad. Turned out pretty well for them. Ultimately, talent showed in the tournament, got to the Elite Eight. Uh, and that's not to excuse the fact that Illinois has played down to competition against Northwestern, Missouri, and Penn State. And I mean, I, th- I do think Penn State and Missouri in particular – quality squads right now in NCAA tournament squads. But, yeah, there is that high vari- or high variance, I should say, with this team because, yeah, they're still new and they're figuring out the offense. But at the same time, should they be better? Should they be more consistent? Yeah, because their talent is that good. So I, I get the frustrating dynamic, but you do got to enjoy at least a, a big win today and, and hope that it's, it's a, something that they can really build on. Is there any Big Ten fan base that is – not frustrated because of their inconsistencies. Every Big Ten team has a loss in Big Ten play, right? Like Michigan State just beat Michigan today. So Michigan's been up and down. They've been in, insanely up and down. Iowa uh, has been. Uh, I think Wisconsin. Yeah, Indiana. Uh, Purdue has not looked as um, – they've looked more vulnerable than they have um, once they got into Big Ten play with teams that know how to defend you. Uh, so it's not a surprise. Just a few quick more, uh, Derek. John asks, what is the next step for Harris to become more of a weapon offensively? I'll let you take that one. Finish around the basket. I mean, it's been something where I think, especially with the right hand, he kind of just has a hard time. He's not someone that can finish contested shots around the rim. And even today, he blew a couple just wide open. So uh, that's something that he's got to work on. And I think he's a guy that just plays with such a such a high motor, such a intensity that he's got to be able to relax at times and just make that sound play and be able to finish. And, and part of that's just a freshman settling in. But, uh, yeah, I, I think even I've been more encouraged by his three-point shot, which hasn't been, like, 
awesome, but it's been capable than I would have expected going into this year. So that's been a, a positive sign. They, there have been times where he's been one of – we haven't had a point guard on the on the floor. He can push it in transition a little bit and get you into some offense. But it is just – it's finishing around the bucket. And some of that comes with strength. Some of that just comes with experience and confidence. And I, I think he'll get there. Uh, Hunyak asks, how would you guys see this game going with Tyler Wall? And it would have been closer. Right. Yeah. Like, I think Coleman Hawkins wouldn't have got lost a couple times uh, with Tyler Wall on him. I think Coleman's game would have been a little tougher today. Tyler Wall is a third team All Big Ten player. I think he's probably a first or second, probably second team right now. Uh, All Big Ten player, just so consistent, tough, uh, just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So I don't know what the game would have been. You never apologize, Derek, uh, for, for an opponent not having somebody. Oh, no, I didn't have Sky Clark today. Uh, but certainly Tyler Wall was a bigger loss than, than Sky, Sky Clark was for Illinois. But, yeah, it would have been a different game, but I, I don't know how it would have ended. Yeah, Tyler Wall's their best player, and he played pretty darn well last year in this building here in Champaign. I mean, 14 points, six or seven rebounds. He's got great footwork and, and moves around the basket and touch. With Illinois, with the way they're biting on pivots and, and shot fakes early, like if that would have continued and Wall was playing, he would have fouled off the whole team. But, obviously, they got a little bit more dialed in and Wall's not out there. I do think that this this team is built better to defend Tyler Wall than in the past. It's kind of yeah. the old storyline. A four-man that can hurt when you, you have Jacob Grandison and Demonte Williams having to check those guys. Coleman has shown that he's able to stop some really good fours, notably Chris uh, Keegan Murray last year, uh, Ron Harper Jr. So I think Col- it would have been a, a big game for Coleman defensively, but I do think that we have, we've obviously seen when he's locked in, he's, he's up for that challenge. Jeff, decision to redshirt or play Zach, too. I haven't seen Zachary Perrine in yet. Listen, I'm not counting on him to be part of, uh, of the rotation here, and I think it would be unfair to him. It's rare to redshirt guys nowadays, but he would be a prime candidate because they, they didn't play him against Bethune-Cookman. That was the game to play him in, um, and he's just not he's not going to be ready uh, for this. So so barring, what was it, Bossman's Verdant going in to, to guard Zach Eady because they needed somebody just to, to bang around with him for a little bit during the Big Ten tournament. I, I don't see it. So maybe they, maybe we maybe we do see a red shirt this year, Derek. Maybe it just seems like the only one that still believes in the red shirts, Matt Painter, out there. I don't know if I hear a whole lot about red shirts otherwise. Uh, and I know that players probably not as welcoming to to that as well. And they probably have a good feel of of where Zach's head at as far as you know, is he's planned to stay here a full four years? And I think that sometimes plays into it. But uh, yeah, I think that he could play in some in some spot minutes as we get further along in this season he learns more of the system is he going to make a big impact I have zero expectation of that it's really just stealing some minutes that maybe would have gone to Brandon Lee in an emergency because there are going to be some games where potentially Dane gets in foul trouble maybe even Coleman both and you got to throw a, a, a bigger body out there uh, or, or Coleman kind of just goes off the rails for a little bit and you want to give him a, a breather but I don't think Brandon Lee is the guy you're putting in on Zach Eady. I would say not <laughs> I would say maybe not. Ty Rogers would be that guy. Uh, James, what's the update on the Goody return? You talked to him yesterday, Derek, on your radio show. I did. He says he feels great. He's going to go to the doctor next week. The hope is that he gets fully cleared next week by the doctor, then goes immediately back into practice. He said he would then plan to be in practice for about a week or so to then lead up to being active for a game. So ideally two, two and a half weeks away and being able to, to get back into action before the end of this month. Joe says, Alana, I need Meyer to be a consistent scorer. I'm not concerned about his scoring. 
They he can score. They need him to be just a consistent uh, teammate, I would say. And, and just the fact that do your job, move the ball on offense, get everyone else involved. You'll get your shots and then defensively be connected. I just think he needs to be connected with everything they're doing. And we saw that today. Again, I think Matthew Meyer was great. Um, he, he got 10 points tonight in a game. He only shot five shots. I think that's a great performance for Matthew Meyer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the- if they're going to be nights where Coleman's going to be really inconsistent or, or Epps isn't going to bring it, then yeah, the the reliance on Matthew Meyer to step up and, and make up the difference is going to is going to be there. But scoring has not been his issue. I mean, I think the stat that was in the notes going into this game, he'd been your leading scorer in four of the past six, and he averaged 16 points a game during that last stretch and shot 45 percent from three. So he's been able to be a bucket. It's kind of the other things. It's the yeah. consistent effort. It's the the mistakes on defense and, and then taking the bad shots too. So maybe, maybe the line is a more efficient scorer yep. and playing more, more team basketball, which he did today. Yeah. Uh, last one, AJ, uh, cause everyone wants to know the Luke Goody impact. Luke will definitely be big. Seems like we missed corner threes. It'll be a huge spot for him with RJ Melendez struggling. They certainly need that. Uh, but RJ, I would, I would say it's important for RJ to assert himself in these other areas. Cause you know, Luke Goody's going to give you rebounds. He's going to be a good team defender even if he's not a great individual defender. Uh, and then at some point we know he can shoot the rock. So, uh, yeah, Luke Goody could be. I always wonder about guys joining a team midseason, joining them after being injured, not being in shape. I would have tempered expectations early, but I think anytime you can get Luke Goody on a basketball court, it's going to be good for you just because he's so consistent in what he does, Derek. He's a vocal leader. He's a connector. I think it's only a positive, even if I have a little tempered expectations for him initially. Yeah, and shooting is a rhythm thing. We've been talking about RJ literally with the injury. I know that with the arm, it maybe is a little bit more of a, a factor than the foot, but Luke Goody has not been taking game shots. He hasn't been taking a whole lot of shots in general. So the ability to insert in that lineup and, and be someone that's going to be a consistent three-point shooter, albeit he's he's a very good one when he's in rhythm and, and healthy, that's something that he can bring to this team. He is going to challenge RJ and, and even Ty. They'll, they'll be in direct competition for minutes. Not to say they're mutually exclusive that, you know, one's going to play and the other two aren't or whatever it may be. They all can can share the floor. But, yeah, I mean, Luke even told us yesterday that it's not about skill for him that he feels like is the biggest difference maker. It's just going to be he's a winner. He loves to win, willing to do anything to win, and he knows exactly what Brad Underwood wants, exactly what he's demanding. And he'll, he'll be someone that will be, I know it's the cliche, a coach on the floor, but uh, he's going to coach someday, right? Like he's going to be I a think coach. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't so, take me or Lon's job on the radio because he's pretty good at that too. That's right. Maybe he'll be doing this with us uh, at some point sometime. Uh, well, yeah, that'll wrap it up. Illinois wins 79 69. A feel good Saturday for Illinois athletics after a Friday that did not feel so good. But today, Malik Ellison gets a commitment. You can go find that podcast. Um, Ryan Easterling and I broke that down. Somehow we got that up uh, immediately after uh, he committed on TV. It's the magic of of us here, and I guess, having analysis ready at the go. Um, but, yes, you can go check that out and uh, check out all of our stuff at Illini Enquirer. Plenty of Malik Ellison content. We'll have plenty uh, after the game. Derek, uh, what are you going to write about after the game? Going to break down the offense, just the progress, maybe even a – a note of ascension here of yeah. things coming together. And once again, Brad reworking an offense in the middle of the season and maybe just maybe 
it might work might work again. So I'll write about that and also Coleman Hawkins because he's really important to this team and made a career high six threes today. Yeah, and Joey's going to write a little bit about this team showing a little bit of resolve, something we didn't see maybe the last couple of weeks uh, after adversity hits. So check out all that at Illini Inquirer. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate all the support there. Check us out on YouTube if you're watching on the live YouTube. We appreciate you guys. It's been fun doing these uh, live. Get to interact with you, take your questions throughout this, give you kind of a post game. Uh, we love doing this. It's been a lot of fun throughout the season of football and through basketball so far. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a like there and check us out at IlliniInquire.com. Just $1 for your first month of VIP membership. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody take care. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.